Hey everyone, and welcome back to Talking in Stations. I'm your host, Rain, and I'm joined by our lovely engineer, Nick, and we have our fabulous guest, CCP Aurora. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so Aurora, you want to give us like a two-second recap of what you do at CCP? Oh, two seconds is pretty tough. Let me see. Balance and mechanics. <laughs> I think that fills the full, full that keeps seconds. That keeps it simple, because otherwise you're going to go into it like a bunch of stuff, and I really, uh, players may not understand. But that's good. No, that's good. I think that captures exactly what people want to hear. Everyone loves balance. Everyone... I don't know if everyone loves stream. Thanks, everybody. Okay. CCP has a balance team. Stream over. Goodbye. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, so you're accredited a lot because my recap of what you do at CCP was you start out as a community dev. You mm -hmm. kind of learned all how to do, I'm going to say game design, but game design might not be the right word. Maybe programming, coding. Yeah, and it was actually more of the back end stuff because on the community team, we really wanted to make tournaments happen, but we just didn't really have a working tool or anything at the time. And so I spent a lot of time kind of teaching myself how the whole backend structure of Eve works so that I could get the tournament tool running. And I think that combination of Eve knowledge and, and a decent understanding of the code base led me to getting an offer for a game design position. Yeah. And then moving into game design, you gave that presentation at FanFest around Faction Warfare and the Faction Warfare updates. And so anytime anyone brings up Faction Warfare, it's always CCP Aurora, CCP Aurora. And so that's why we have you here, because Faction Warfare update, big update comes out tomorrow, or not tomorrow, sorry, Tuesday, the Uprising. And uh, everyone credits you. So <laughs> we're here to have you live to ask questions and hopefully pick your brain about it all. Yeah, sounds good. Um, so the first thing I know, I've gotten a lot of questions from folks. I don't know if you know the answer to this. I don't know if it's probably something you could have par partaken in, but a lot of people are sad that the Allegiance system isn't coming out right away. Do you know why that is? Was that a deliberate design choice or just? We are. So it's, it's still something that we really want to get done. It was just kind of a, a case of we needed to get the foundational stuff in for faction warfare meaningfully first, and the Allegiance system was a really big task. And even just scoping it is actually a really difficult thing. So when it comes to a system like Allegiance, you're dealing with a lot of kind of assumptions that the game has made in design, and it's touching all sorts of things. The nature of wars, the nature of uh, uh, faction police, the, the nature of standings, and what exactly will this be different? And to be honest, there were so many unknown questions as we were kind of moving into production that we really just... We already had enough on our plate that we're like, all right, look, we need to get the foundational stuff in first, and then we'll move on to Allegiance soon thereafter. So it's still planned. We're also sad that we didn't get that in either, but it's coming. So hopefully Faction Warfare will be in a better state than it was as of Tuesday, and then it'll be a fun thing for people to jump into when the, when the Allegiance system hits later on. Alrighty. And then I know people love this question. They always ask it. But when? I know last we heard was Q1 2023. Is that still the case? I think that is still the plan, yes. Okay. So when people ask, we now have an answer for them. That's, that's a, I think that's still the answer because I haven't heard in a while sort of answer. But I know it's the thing that's actively being discussed and worked on at the moment. So Alrighty. it is something that is, is coming. No, that's good to hear. I know, I will say I have a lot of characters and my main cannot actively participate at the moment, but I'm definitely going to segue a lot of alts there and then use the Allegiance system when it comes out. You know, I too use Faction Warfare alts. It would be really nice if there was, if it was a little bit nicer to, to play on main, because not everybody is, is super willing to use alts. And those people that don't use alts have to commit themselves very hard to it. So trying yeah. to, to figure out what that line should be. Yeah, it's something that we're working on. Yeah. Sorry, my cat says hello. So the Faction Warfare update, we see you guys implemented, I think, almost everything you said at FanFest. Right? You got the frontline systems, the rear guard systems. I noticed there are battlefields now, which have a lot of really critical objectives in them. Uh, I'm assuming... The battlefields, just, just to put it out there, the battlefields still need a little bit of work. So QA and our programmers are kind of actively beating at those at the moment. So those are going to be a little bit delayed. They're not going to come out on Tuesday. You'll see the battlefields on the 15th of November. Okay. I was going to ask that because I 
played around in them on CC. Yeah, they're not quite right if you if you played in them. Yeah, it it was fun though. It was actually really interesting watching like the rat mechanics just chase each other all over and then retaliate against players and then go back to fighting. I actually I think they're really cool and I liked. They're super cool, but I think it's like the the one like super interesting new thing. Hopefully, the but the rats aren't supposed to leave those their their like areas because they kind of just like leave the defense beacon so that you can just capture it freely, which is not how that's supposed to work. So. Still yeah. need a, a little bit of extra training in the uh, on the AI for those. Yeah, I I like them though. I do like the fact that they don't attack drones. Like, it's supposed to, it's a PVE PVP event or like site, mm-hmm. and I'm so used to like everything attacking drones. Like this one, they don't, and I love it because I can go in with like a Vexer and PVP and not have to worry about like rats just like narrowing in on my drones versus like shooting ships or whatever. It's really nice. Yeah, those sites, I'm, I'm really hoping that they turn out to be something really interesting, and I'm hoping they get contested. Because the big thing about those sites is the fact that they only spawn about once every two hours for each side in the war zone. And so they're relatively rare. It's a thing that, like, in a play session, you might see one. And hopefully it really kind of motivates people to, to put together fleets and go chase these things down as soon as they're noticed. And ideally, both sides are doing this. And so you get really interesting and fun competitions. Also, the rewards are pretty huge. So. Yeah, I was going to say the the big thing I noticed because everyone's like complaining about Dread LP. I know you were talking earlier offline mm-hmm. that we were about how you had to like rebalance the LP store and everyone's really mad. Like, how am I going to farm two mil LP for a Dread BPC? But I'm guessing like this was a factor into it that if you just farm these or get a bunch of friends, they're really easy to come by. Yeah, ideally the... When it comes to when it comes to these these sites, you're earning about. Actually, I might have it open one second. Let's see here. So, just looking at a spreadsheet, your LP per hour. If you're running those, you're earning about ninety thousand LP per hour. If you're just running those back to back, and that's on par with running like opens and large complexes in faction warfare back to back. So it's pretty good in terms of the payout. So it, uh, some of that calculation was effectively done based on like the number of uh, complexes that you would need to need to complete. So it, it's a little bit tricky. Like I'm <laughs> sorry. So part of it was we wanted to make sure that the I mean the dreads are obviously supposed to be like reasonably expensive for being a premium dreadnought. We don't want them to totally if they were too cheap then they would supplant T ones. And we were kind of, I was kind of looking at the, the value of, all right, so if you ran 100 complexes with an average payout of, say, 20,000 LP or whatever, then it would take you about 100 complexes to earn the LP for a dread, which isn't really that much, all considered. So that was, that was kind of part of it. But the other side of things is that the, the Triglavian dread is just a little bit too cheap these days. And so... The, the band in which we're trying to aim the Navy faction dreads in between T1 and Zernitra is a little bit tricky. <laughs> so numbers might be adjusted a little bit further in order to get that right. Yeah. And then I'm assuming, because I know we're talking LP, so I know there are players who have been doing faction warfare for like a decade, and they have all this LP. I'm assuming that just translates like they don't have to start farming new LP with the new update? No, all of that still translates. But a lot of the kind of structure of how that LP is earned has been changed. So in, we've nerfed the payout of missions again. They were, they were nerfed in 2019, but they were still really quite worthwhile at that point. I've done a bit more math, and I pulled them down and approximately another 33%. Judging by my calculations, if you're like running 10 faction warfare alts, it brings it down on par with running like smalls and mediums instead of better than running larges in terms of LP per hour. And I think that feels a little bit better. And then we'll keep watching it. I also still have the option to make them, what is the possibility if we need to follow up, is I can make faction work permissions only give you systems which are currently front lines. And so that oh, would that'd be, be interesting. Yeah, that would be interesting. In which case, if we if we bring that back, like maybe I would bump up the rewards again. But it's something that we can do and we're considering. So we'll see how that goes. 
All right. And that that would be like all faction warfare missions, right? Because I know they have some of like mm-hmm. those easy distribution ones, but that doesn't, does that include the like level five carrier riding ones too? I, I mean, I guess it would depend. I think it would include like the level fives and stuff as well. Oh no, there, there are no level five faction warfare missions. Oh, so there are only okay. level. Yeah. There's only level four faction warfare missions, which are the most expensive ones. Um, okay. I must most, have been... most of those are just the security ones, I think. Yeah, so the writing. Okay, I must have been thinking of something else. We do have a question in chat. Are there changes to how to get standings with Faction Warfare Corps? I think that partakes to like individuals wanting to join without an alliance or a corp. Not at the moment, but with the amount of LP that you earn in some of these complexes, it, you gain the standing pretty fast with your militia of choice. Your standing is effect- effectively equated with your rank and capturing Faction Warfare complexes will boost your standing with the militia and that faction really quite well. Also, just to put it out there, because it's contrary to some popular belief, is that if you're just running complexes doing faction warfare and shooting the enemy, you don't actually lose any standings. So faction warfare is a relatively safe thing to get into, besides the high side travel restrictions. Okay, and then that's a good segue if we want to talk about the high sec mm-hmm. restrictions. I don't know, Nick, if you want to show that on screen for the folks. So there were security changes, sex status changes that largely targeted like high set ganking mechanics and then abyssal runners. But I've heard lots of talk personally and then from others talking about how it's like affecting, what was it, tether and docking. So if you have two negative of a status, it affects tethering and docking, which actually does impact faction warfare players. So if you're in faction warfare... Generally, it shouldn't affect you because you're shooting like what are called like war targets, essentially, because yeah. you're within the faction. But if you're like me, where you're like, oh, I want to solo PvP and I want to go to faction warfare space to do it, it's you take a, as well. Yeah, yeah. So I I would take a sec hit or a sec status hit, and so eventually these changes would impact me. Do you know? They would. It depends on. It depends on like the the type of player that this impacts is relatively narrow. It's the the kind of person that. When they enter a system, it's like criminals aren't allowed in our space, and then they start shooting you. It's like that person. So the the only difference is that now, like the effect of that is a lot more painful. And it, even if someone, so let me let me preface this by saying I don't have any like internal details. This isn't something that me or my team worked on. So I'm I'm basically just talking as a player here, as someone who's done. A fair amount of low-sec PvP, I tend to just buy tags and fix my sex status before I even bother going back into high-sec, so it's not something that I would have ever really felt the sting of. That said, it's still something that you need to, to keep in mind. It does impact those, those low-sec pirates, effectively. So someone in faction warfare can shoot other faction warfare targets, and because they're at war, it's perfectly legal. There's no sex status loss. Or if someone enters a complex, they get flagged suspect, and then anybody can shoot them as well, and they're not going to get any suspect status loss. Which, in fairness, also applies to pirates. So if, if a neutral enters the gate, and then a neutral's already in the site, they won't lose any sex status either, because they'll both be flashing yellow, and they can do whatever. But in the case of, very specifically, a neutral being in a complex, and then shooting a faction warfare player who's not flashy, then they would lose standing in that situation. And then that would prevent them from docking and tethering in high sec. Basically, you're, you're effectively stuck in low sec until you buy tags, my understanding. And this sort of extra restriction kind of hitting the people that it wasn't quite aimed at has been heard. And we're listening to feedback. I don't have any specifics, partly because it's not my team that's discussing this. So. I don't really know how these discussions are going, but they're ta- we're hearing things like, what if we reduce the amount of sex status loss for PvP and low sec because people just do it anyway, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, uh, discussions ongoing. No, that that's that's good to hear because I was kind of concerned about that, and there are comments in chat about tags. Like, yes, you and you mentioned it too. Like, you just buy tags. Someone pointed out how the cost of clone soldier tags has gone up. I don't know. So with this being critical now, not just for low sec pirates, but now for high sec gankers as well, 
is there consideration to like change how tags are either dropped or priced or supplied in any way, shape or form? Not currently. I think this is probably going to be a wait and see sort of situation. If the demand for tags absolutely skyrockets, then we might just need to bump that up. But I think it's just kind of a situation of we'll need to keep a close eye on the tag prices and then adjust from there. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Hopefully that answers the questions in chat. If you guys have any more, let us know. Yeah, this was, I know this was like a big update. I feel like a lot of the social media circuits we're talking about, but I also, at the same time, I don't really care for this when it comes to faction warfare. Like it's exciting, it's exciting stuff, but I'm so excited for faction warfare that stuff happening in high sec or abyssals just, just kind of meh to me. Yeah, because it's, I mean, I, I'm relatively well-rounded as a player myself. Like I have a, an abyssal running retribution alt that I use, and then I have like characters in Nelsec Alliances and characters in Wormholes that are doing black ops and all of this sort of thing. So I'm, I'm pretty well spread around. I've been so busy. I haven't had a, a proper chance to internalize what, <laughs> what these particular changes mean. So I'm just like, yeah, yeah, that's good. Like I need to finish tweaking some stats on, on the Eagle or whatever. And then I, yeah. So I'm not hyper opinionated on these at this point in time. Yeah, that's fair. And then, Nick, you started to say something. I don't know if you had a question. Nah, time has passed. <laughs> okay. Gosh, we were talking about LP store. I know, I believe you mentioned on the show talking about, like, balancing the new Navy dreads. And I know you had mentioned earlier you were a balance dev. So how does, how does the process in going into developing new ships and balancing them, how does that all go? Oh, the whole process. Maybe not the so, whole process. High level? All right, well, high level and, and almost the whole process. Uh, I want it all. The whole process, yeah. So I, I effectively make a big spreadsheet where, shocking, right? This job involves a lot of spreadsheets. I've referenced a couple just in this discussion. So when I'm, I'm looking at making a new ship, particularly a, a Navy ship where it has kind of a preset paradigm, what I do is I make a big grid, like a matrix grid of here are all of the ships kind of in the playing field of this, this, the new ships that we're going to add. And then what I kind of do is I start spending some time, I'll, I'll put some refs down and I'll be like, all right, so if we did this with these ships, like where would they kind of fall in the, the comparative ecosystem of, of the other ships that are, they're going to be competing with? And then what it kind of turns into is like, it, with Navy ships, it's a little bit easier. There, there's kind of like a formula to the basic Navy formula. I've stretched it a little bit. But Navy ships tend to get a slight tweak in bonuses that make them more attack-focused in some way, such as earning, such as gaining an application bonus. Sometimes they gain a little bit of extra damage. They tend to gain an extra slot. A few extra base stats, sometimes a little extra speed. And then they also gain, in particular, the, the thing that makes the Navy ship particularly special in those cases is they gain a 1.5 times HP bonus over the base of the hull. So with a lot of these, you know, I can kind of just take all of the T1 ships, kind of apply the basic formula to them, and then lay everything out in this matrix grid of like, all right, here's the T1 ships, here's the Navy ships, here's the pirate ships that are kind of similar. And then if I tweak these things, like where would they kind of fit in this whole thing that keeps them unique and interesting where they're not stepping too much on something else and they're still kind of fun and interesting to fly themselves. It's a little bit of a dance and then it just kind of turns into a lot of, a lot of like slow tweaking of like, all right, so let's do this here and here. And then I, I open up Pypha and I heavily modify it. <laughs> and I start checking the DPS numbers and all of that sort of thing. And then eventually we get a ship out of it of some sort. Wow, that's a that sounds like a large process because we're having what like twelve? Is it twelve new? No, it's like sixteen total. Yeah, Yeah. you need to do that for. I've made all sixteen this year, and the the authoring side of it is also like there's just a lot to a lot of little stuff to chase up when it comes to the the manual authoring side on for making a new ship. So it's all of the little stuff that we almost always miss. Sutonia, who's now CCP Kestrel, has been an absolute hero helping me get this all started. So he's like, ah, we need 
we need new market categories for these. So check the recent processing costs and make sure that this is doing this right. Like, oh, what about the insurance rates on this one? Like, so it's it's a lot of it's a lot of busy work just making them happen. Yeah, that sounds like all the stuff people never consider, like market categories and insurance. Like no one has ever like, damn, I wonder how much insurance this Navy destroyer is going to pay out when you announce them and whatnot. Yeah, which you need all of that set before before they go live. And even stuff like, all right, how is it seated in the market? What is the prices? Where, what station, what NBC stations are they seated at? Like all of that little stuff is stuff that has to be given some thought and actually put into the system. So it's a lot of busy work and it's kept me fairly well occupied over the last couple of months. Yeah. Well, everyone I've talked to has been super excited for these ships. I know the ones that are already out, the, what are they, the exploration ships and then the battle cruisers, like people have been just ecstatic about flying them and exploding them. So it's been amazing. That's good. I've, I'm certainly particularly fond of the, the Navy exploration ships, partly because they have just kind of this really unique niche to themselves. And I'm excited to see how they get used. I think a lot of it will probably be like fleet tackle ships. You might see them kind of all over small solo PVPers. I think those ones are really interesting in terms of being a relatively affordable kind of step in between T1 exploration frigates and the Astero. They can't use cloaks yet, but they can, like, they're really good at combat probing. So I hope they're fun. Yeah, that's awesome. And then, so I know we have the 16 new ships, but then we've also had balances to, to some of the, what was it, like the Navy battleships. Did you also do that? Yep, I also did that. So all of the, the Navy battleships and a few other assorted ships that were just kind of like on my hit list of things that I wanted to tweak and the heavy assault ships as well. Yeah, the hacks, yeah. Are there, I know a lot of people are excited to see the death of the Munin. I've seen a lot of, what is it, battle reports where people are like, look, everyone's just feeding Munins. Are you, are you particularly excited about that? I feel like players have been asking for this for at least three years. I think in terms of satisfying something that like there's there's a, a strong desire for fresh air that people have really wanted so i think it's doing that i actually think that the mutant's looking like a pretty dope ship even still so it's not really it's not really dead it's more like reincarnated so to speak so i think a lot of those mutants might still find a fair bit of use elsewhere they're just kind of like a close range brawler but they're, they're really fast. They have really nice DPS and really good application and really strong tank. Like, they're a good, well-rounded ship. The only thing that's really changed for them, well, all right, so a lot has really changed for them. The primary thing that has really changed for them is the fact that they're not going to be like the core ship in a fleet meta. So this is kind of similar to, although it was more of a routing situation, the Vexor Navy issue sometime back when that got reworked. And it went from like, the Haven Spinner to a solo kind of brawl ship. When when you that say br- really satisfying change. When you say brawl ship, how do you define mm-hmm. that range? Because I think it might be different than I do. So I I guess that really depends on context. So if you're if we're talking about brawl range, then that's almost like in a fleet meta perspective, that's almost like thirty kilometers or or less. Vector Navy issue, though, really strong with, with hybrid blasters. So it, that one tends to be fighting under 10 kilometers. I think as a general rule of thumb, I would say for all ranges, t- generally in scram range, like a mid-range fighter is within point range for an Arasu. And then a sniper would be something that can, can do its job outside of an Arasu's point range, like as a, as a general rule. <laughs> I was to say, how do you define it, Nick? Yes, I'm De- curious about your Demos blasters in your face under five kilometers. <laughs> okay, slightly shorter then. Everybody's got their own style. <laughs> everybody really likes brawling too. Like there's, I, from every, from like the subtext that I see reading a lot of EVE Online discussions lately has been like, we want slow tactical like up close brawly fights. And so I think part of that feeds into, part of that is probably due to just mutant fatigue at this point. So everyone who's participating in large fleets is just 
really tired of hacks. And they're like, I don't want to kite out at range anymore. I want to be able to like punch an enemy who also can't escape from me, like we're locked into this sort of thing. I, we're not going to achieve that with this particular change, although the Navy Dommy is looking pretty fun. The thing that we're really going to achieve is at least hopefully bringing in some fresh air. Most likely we're going to see battlecruisers be, being kind of the main subject for a little while, RXs and that sort of thing. And then if that starts getting stale as well, then we can look forward for the changes. I'm excited for it. There's nothing I love more than when two fleets warp in on top of each other and then it's just like crazy. And this is this is as a logi pilot, it's super hectic for us, but it's so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like all right, this might be kind of taking a shot at some of the, the FCs and all, but a lot of FCs and all have gotten too used to like the only effective meta being kiting with hacks. And I think the fleet fight situation is going to get really interesting in the near future and maybe a little bit chaotic as people try to reevaluate exactly what that means and how it works. The, you could, especially over the last few years, I found that it was actually fairly effective to just bring something like blaster thoraxes, throw up a bubble where they didn't expect it and just let them land in it, and then just kind of like force a brawl. That could actually be really strong. I think it was, it was Horde that pulled that off really strong recently like demos uh, or whatever a couple months yeah demos or something like that and that sort of thing is really fun but it's going to be even easier when we get to more of the battle cruiser meta because those battle cruisers are slow especially compared to hacks and so you're going to be able to pin them down quite a bit easier yeah i'm excited and i it's funny because you say you make jabs at some of the fcs but for real some of the fcs they've started and played this game only during the hack meta so it'll be it'll be good for them to get a fresher breath air and something. There's a new. lot of FCs who like really get into it after their second year, but the Hackman has been ongoing for even longer than that. And so they've never actually had exposure to a different PvP environment. And hopefully that kind of revitalizes things and they find that refreshing. Yeah, I'm excited. And then what else is coming out? Oh, did you do anything? So I saw this on CC, and I am assuming this is coming out Tuesday, but like the heraldry stuff? Not my team, but it looks pretty cool. Uh, I'm excited for that. I have, mm-hmm. I was trying to remember, I don't think I tested anything around it of how do you earn heraldry points and, you know, build a ship with your skin and the, and the logo on it, but I am super ecstatic for that. Can, what, can you, for the folks that may not know, like me, can kind of give a brief overview of what the heraldry is? Yeah, so... So that's kind of the Alliance and Corp logos on ships. So the way I understand it is when you like, there's a whole different setup the way you have like your fitting window. And so you can click a tab that's like all cosmetics. And one of them is the skin, just like normal. And then the other one you can actually like put in like Alliance or Corp logos. And the way I've understood it, but don't really understand it now. But the way I understood it in the past was that you were supposed to be able to like earn points to be able to do that, to apply those. I'm not sure if it's the same or if it's kind of like a free-for-all. You can just do it off the bat. If Aurora knows, even though it's not her team. It's not my team. And to be honest, I've been like super televisioned on the stuff I'm working on. So I'm also getting a lot of my information from like CC. So I've probably seen a little bit more of it in terms of internal playtesting, at least. But I'm, I'm not too far off of what you just described in terms of knowledge. The, they're pretty cool. They're logos that you put on your ship. And I think that you get the the points, which are being called Evermarks. Yes, yep, that uh, sounds right. Is the, the kind of currency name. And you get those Evermarks through what are basically daily ship turn-in missions. So, like, you can, you can go deliver to Paragon, which is a new corporation, ships to turn in, and they will give you some of these Evermarks. And I think you also just get them maybe over time or something like that. I don't quite remember. I think I might be pulling that out of, but I remember uh, Ritali talking about it fan fast, but yeah. Yeah. But no, that sounds right. So they did Paramore and no, not Paramore, Evermore Paragon. and Paramark, <laughs> whatever. Paragon, Paragon, yes, Paragon Evermark. and Evermark. So they changed all those names because it used to be Interbus credits and that was the thing that was presented at FanFest. Yeah. So, yeah so everything presented at FanFest related to Interbus credits is now changed. And that's just like a, I think like people kind of saw it coming through the lore because it was like old CEO dies and it was like, oh, was he assassinated or was he just an old man or whatever? 
And then they had like a name change and all this and that. So that's kind of like the lead up to this, which I feel like has been completely overshadowed by like everything else going on. So good job doing that. Cause that's, I feel like that's all, all your work is overshadowing all the cosmetic stuff players have been begging for for years. But, but yeah, so we have, we talked about ship sort of balancing new ships. We talked about the LP store, faction warfare plexes. I'm really sad the battlefields aren't out right away because I was so excited for those. Yeah, they're coming now. So they're, they should be really soon. We just need to fix a few extra bugs with them Yeah, uh, to make sure they're not too gameable. <laughs> or at least that the, the rats kind of stay. <laughs> the, the rats do what rats are supposed to do. I will say the one thing I noticed was the art for that. I know you're not an art dev, but like how you can like physically see like the logos on each of the ships as you're like sitting within the ring to see who's winning was actually like super cool to me. Yeah, it's they they should be very visually impressive sites. And there's actually more coming in terms of that sort of visual improvement that you didn't even see when you were looking at CC. So there there's a few surprises as well for people who are kind of playing around in faction warfare and didn't during the the war game situation and so yeah so even even on tuesday hopefully some some new stuff for those people as well nice i'm excited as heck we do have a question in chat are the, are you guys adding the new navy battle cruisers wait battle cruisers are blueprint copies to normal lp stores so not at launch at the moment they're all only in the militia lp store we probably will i'll probably go back and add them in at some point in the nearest future, though. Only available to which ones? Oh, I, 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 I missed that. You said they're only initially only going to be available where? In the militia LP stores. So if, you, if you're in Galanti Militia, like, that's going to be the only place to get the Mermidon Navy issue, for example. I'll probably go add them in a little bit later than that. However, it's kind of nice to just, especially with the Faction Warfare-focused expansion, to just kind of let Faction Warfare have this for a little while. They tend to be more economically valuable anyway, but even still, we'll probably take those and proliferate them out to some of the other stores where you can also get Navy ships a little bit later on. All right, so for now, everyone has to farm Faction Warfare, but later, like probably later than it lets other folks do it. I think that's like normal for all the ships, right? Like if you were just to farm like Mimitar, like missions in sec, I think you can get all the Navy ships or the fleet ships there, right? Yeah, you can get most of them. That said, at least some of them will probably remain militia stores only, in particular the dreadnoughts. So if you want the, to get the dreadnought, that'll be militia only, partly because you have to be in like anyway for those, so it just kind of makes more sense. Yeah, I, I saw some individuals, I think they, I don't know what they did, but they had a dread on CC, and then they attempted to jump it through a gate, and it was a high set gate. I'm like, bro, you can't do that. So that that makes sense. That's why people die every year. Yes. Like, why can't I jump this gate? Yeah. So so no, that's that actually makes a ton of sense. I think people would probably be mad if you put those in ice like for a while. It'll be it'll be at least a few months. So maybe maybe quarter one of next year, we might add those in. But even then, the militia LP tends to be slightly more economical. So you'll get a little bit more value per your LP in order to get those. And so technically, if you were like trying to min-max making those ships in particular, it tends to be better to just do it through uh, Faction Warfare anyway. All right, that's good to know. And we have a question from Glow Hollow related to the Triglavians. Do we see them coming back at all? I think we saw some of them during the Turner event, but I don't know if there's intent to have them anymore in the lore related to Faction Warfare. Yeah, they showed up in, in Turner. I... At least my personal headcanon is like they, they popped into system and they're like, seriously, how did you guys screw this up? I don't know specifically the lore reasons that they're there, but at least that's what I, what I assume is mostly just come to like point and laugh at the, the Amar who, who managed to, to mess it up. The, in terms of Triglavians, I don't have anything particularly on my plate with them. So we're... I mean, we're kind of generally passively watching, particularly the Triglavian material market with the tweaks to abyssals that are coming. So just in terms of an economic sense, we want to have our eye on that, make sure that nothing too weird happens. And we want to see exactly what that does to the Triglavian hull values. But if they go up a little bit, that's 
maybe not the, the worst thing in the world. Those are really good ships. And in any case, I would happily pay a large amount of money for them. In terms of the Triglavian content, at least that's not on my plate at the moment, but it's, I mean, we can always kind of appear anywhere and decide to do a thing at very short notice. So, yeah. Kind of with that, I know there are, what is it, Agmar and Vard or Dahl? Both still have those like sun harvesters. So I'm anticipating explosions there at some point in the future. We'll see. We'll see if they figured out exactly how to not do that again. They are under control of the Mimitar, so maybe they're smarter than those silly Amar. The Mimitar are supposedly very good engineers, so we'll see. They may be able to do this a little bit better. Yeah. There is a question in chat. I think it's a troll question, but they're asking, is the current see ever marks an attempt to ridicule sitting CSM member Mark Resurrectus? No, but I kind of like that thought. So maybe yes now. You can tell Mark it's directly in a criticism of him. Can't You can't tell him that, though, because then he'll be like, there's a currency in this game dedicated to me, and it'll inflate his ego. You know how we're That's true, are. that's true. Sorry. So we'll, we'll, we won't let him know. We'll just kind of keep this one to ourselves. Okay, someone is asking, you had a lovely spreadsheet laying out the complex spawn rates and restrictions in the announcements. Do you have an updated one since it was changed? To me, that's uh, faction warfare complexes. So I do. I don't have one that I can specifically show you at this point. I don't think, but pretty much all of this should be present in the patch notes. So when you get the patch notes on Tuesday, you'll be able to see the, the full chart as well. It's not changed too much from the previous version. So what I had showed a while back on stream where I accidentally leaked the Navy Destroyers, that has pretty much held at this point. All right. That's, that's good. Also, I feel like your CCP, you can't technically leak because you're just doing an unplanned announcement, I think is what well, they're called. Well, you can tell people internally that. <laughs> I'll write a strongly worded letter to Hilmar myself. Don't worry. Okay. Thank you. And then someone's asking, this is kind of like so unrelated, but I'm curious, has anyone recommended the EVE Online novel? Do we have even line novels? The Empyrean Age I really loved. So there there are novels. I do recommend like the story of Tibis Heft and like that whole the whole kind of lore situation back then with Empress Jamil Serum and Tibis Heft and kind of like some of those iconic characters was really great. So if you're asking if we recommend them, yes, because the Empyrean Empyrean Age at the very least is very good. Alrighty, awesome. All right. So another question. Is running the air carrier program over and over an exploit? Program, yes. Well, so I don't think it's meant to be run over and over again. It's not my position to de to like officially declare something an exploit. So don't assume that anything I say in the stream is valid. I would recommend put in a ticket, ask the GMs, because that's actually their job. And they'll be able to tell you specifically if that's a thing that you should not be doing. And generally, if you if you ask them such a direct question, they will give you a straight answer, and they won't punish you for past transgressions if you're unsure. Yeah, I didn't realize like you could actually run air programs over and over. I thought it was like the tutorial where you do it once and then it like locks you out of it. That's interesting. Yeah, it sounds like it might be a bug. I I don't think you're supposed to be able to reaccess them, but that's kind of a question mark for the NPU team than me. Yeah. I'm trying to think. So we talked a lot about faction warfare. I'm going to pause. Do you have anything that you're like particularly excited for or something that you don't really get to talk about that you want to? That you're allowed to? That I'm allowed to? Anything that we have. And most, of, most of the things that I'm excited about have been things I've spent a lot of time on. So the, the new ships, some of the faction warfare changes, all of the balance changes, that, these are the things that have occupied most of my time. And I can't think of anything else. Oh, th so there's something that's kind of slipped under the radar a little bit, which is how we were at Fantastic had talked about how we were going to handle the nature of citadels and docking in faction warfare space. So we have some updates on that. So in a stream some time ago, the same one where I leaked the destroyers, the I had talked about like a, a very hard rule, which was you can't dock in enemy faction warfare space. I've since gone through and kind of readjusted this rule. So it's a fair bit softer now. So there are still lockouts based on 
who owns the territory, but they only apply in command operations and rear guard systems. So those are like the, the latter two in the front line, which means that everybody can dock in any frontline system. So you can kind of, for the, for the faction warfare players in particular, who are really worried about like, uh, it's too strong of a, a bonus for one side, or it was, you know, it prevented the sieges that some of them really liked, where they kind of just like keep reshipping and stuffing ships into the complexes. This still allows that, and it still allows system ownership and to kind of be meaningful because all you have to do is push a system one extra step further and force it to become a command line or a command command line, command operation system, a second line and back line of what we tend to call them internally. I'm still stumbling over the terminology. If you push it one further, then like you can lock them out of their staging. So there's still value in it. You still want to fight for it. But in terms of like being able to directly contest the frontline systems, anybody can can dock in those. So those ones are kind of uncontrolled, so to speak. The factions don't have full control on them because the fighting is kind of ongoing. But once they get pushed further, then the factions will lock them down. I really like that. Like at first I was like, how does that make sense? But no, it does because it, it helps prevent like the kind of AFK sort of farming on the back lines. But then it also super encourages like, hey, go into and get in a fight and then like, okay, you survive. Now go repair your ship at the station and then come back and fight some more. Go reship real fast. It should make the experience, especially on the front lines, feel better, I hope. I'm particularly happy with the outcome of this particular change because it feels like one of those rare occasions where uh, so compromise usually leaves everyone unhappy, but in this case, compromise seems to have made everyone like pretty pretty happy with this particular change. So the people who really wanted more impact of system control to over like docking restrictions have gotten that. But then also on the flip side, the people who really wanted to maintain their sieges have still gotten what they wanted. So for the most part, it feels like a really good solution. Also, something to note is that we've equalized the rules. So previously, this, the rules would be different for faction or for citadels in faction warfare space versus stations. It's the same all around at this point. So, if you can dock in a citadel, you can dock in a station. They don't behave differently. If you don't have docking rights because it's like an enemy command line system, you can still dock in that station or citadel in a pod, which is kind of the extra twist. So okay, it softens it a little bit by letting people kind of get into stations where they might have stuff that they want to manage, but it doesn't let them use it reasonably well as an actual staging system. I was going to ask that of, what do you do when you have a, like a, you're part of a Mar faction warfare and the Mimitar have taken over your station or your systems and all around it, and then they just shoot your structure and you can't defend it. I was going to ask about that, but that's, I like that compromise. It kind of matches what they do in high sec anyway, so. I like yeah, it. it should it should prevent like gunners from getting locked out or any weird behavior like that. So if yeah. you need to manage a citadel, you can still do that. And of course, you can always just bring neutral alts in order to to manage things as well. And then, so a question in chat: Can people undock in a ship after they've docked in a pod? Yes. Yeah. So I mean, technically, they could undock in a pod and then have an alt kick out a ship for them to hop into. The reason that I'm not overly worried about this as a restriction, though, is because the it's a little bit of upfront trouble, and ship undocks are not the safest place in LOSEC. So if you're faffing about, like, with an empty ship that you're trying to trade and someone just, like, locks it, all of a sudden you just can't do what you were hoping to do, it's not a very safe thing, and I don't think people will abuse that too much. They'll kind of use it every now and then when they're trying to sneak a ship out, but... It's still not an effective staging, which is really about what we were after. Yeah, that makes sense. Trying to think of like questions. That's super exciting. Oh, oh, sorry. Can people undock in a ship after they docked in a pod? So if you dock in a pod, you cannot undock with a ship. It's going to give you an error. You can only undock with a pod. So it's, it's dock and undock with a pod is the difference. But technically, you could you could kind of mess around with it, and you could give the ship to an alt, undock, undock with the alt jump out of the ship with the alt and jump into it with your main. And like, that's a whole extra layer of kind of annoying and dangerous to deal with. So it's a, a bit of a softer rule, but. Yeah, that makes sense. 
Nick, you were going to say something? Yeah, there was a question earlier from Ancient Capitals. Didn't like the way it was phrased, so I'm going to kind of rephrase it. Because it was one of those, when are we doing X? And it's like, hell if I know. But this is basically asking, is there, as far as the Eden Common trig lines of ships, is that even a discussion? Yeah, that that's still a discussion. So we're, I think we've, the, the company has kind of realized the value of like mixing up the game by adding new ships, particularly over the last year. So people are really enjoying the, the new ones that we're adding. So yes, it is still absolutely a possibility to get additional ships for those lines. That's all I got, man. I want my Edencom ships. <laughs> Edencom, Lodgy, like Smart Bomb Lodgy, let's go. So there's a question about the dread prices aren't what you plan. So if the dread prices aren't what you plan them to be due to like LP cost, mm-hmm. will you change the LP cost of the BPC slash trade in to get the price in line with your expectations? It's still yes. LP cost. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's always, that's always going to be a, a yes. Like price changes always need to be carefully considered. But I mean, obviously, if he hasn't been too afraid of changing prices over the last few years, and that hasn't really changed. We'll be we'll be carefully monitoring that in particular, though, because we want those dreads to be kind of fun and useful, but we don't want it to be like a mandatory upgrade because it's so cheap for every T1. So riding that line is it might take some some tweaking. That said, it probably and I think we're probably in the, the right ballpark for what we're looking for right now in terms of value compared to like a T1 versus a Zernitra. All right. So someone's asking, there's a lot of talk about CC and CC being down, and then someone's asking about the values. Are they still 2 mil and 5 mil for the BPC and ship itself? I'm going to avoid specific numbers for now, just partly because of the first mover advantage if things were changed. So you guys can all hunt the patch notes together rather than getting special information from a source like this. So no comment on that particular one at the moment. No, it's all good. And then Ancient Capital is asking again, does CCP feel the current dread prices? So the base dreads, like the Revelation and the Nagelfar, are the mm-hmm. are those prices at a good level or do you expect them to be higher or lower? I think we'd like them to be a little bit lower at this point. That said, you know, the, the economic changes aren't entirely done and there's still some kind of redistribution that we're looking at in the future. I can't get into too many specifics. But hopefully they'll come down a little bit and we'll kind of hit that, that sweet spot for the price on those maybe in the next couple of years. Yeah, no, that's good to know because I've, I've heard a lot of talk about that with just normal folks. Someone's asking about T2 capitals, but then they would have the old capital mechanics of never being able to dock. I like the not docking part. That's kind of a spicy addition to that. So T2 capitals, I get asked about this a fair bit. Is it a thing that is a possibility? Yes. We'll add the caveat that T2 Capitals, if we're adding T2 Capitals right now, the capital ecosystem is kind of very simplistic. Like capitals are used very often en masse. And the only things that really matter are like your ability to hit targets, the amount of HP that you have, and the amount of damage that you do. And so things are kind of simplistic. And what I really want to do when it comes to T2 Capitals is add new dimensions to the gameplay. So if, if we're going to add a T2 Capital, it, there needs to be new things for Capitals to care about, which it, to my mind are almost like replacements of the, the kind of movement gameplay that you see with subcaps. We, we need new and interesting things for Capital pilots to kind of worry about, add a little bit of extra difficulty to the gameplay add some interesting new dimensions to kind of attack and play with them from. And T2 Capitals, and in kind of keeping with the standard T2 paradigm of having unique abilities would probably be the, the means to start playing with that in a bit more meaningful detail. That's really interesting. I was not expecting all of that. I would Sorry. love to <laughs> No, I love it. Random, but... but I like it because you talk about like the movement and that's something everyone always no one thinks about right like if you dread bomb or you drop a bunch of supers you just kind of keep them somewhere where they're either safe or all together with the faxes but if we yeah. could have like kiting dreads or something like that that'd be so cool 
Like y'all anchor on your FC. This would be really fun. It's it's kind of a, a really tricky thing. Like I don't know what shape this will take exactly because it's not like something that I've been currently working on. But it's very much a I know that there's a lot of desire for capital gameplay to be fun, for all of the caps to have a use. And like there's there's this big question mark over the capital ecosystem at the moment, which is like not satisfyingly answered. And so making sure that they have roles to play in the ecosystem, which were kind of lost with the lost with the advent of citadels and re, in replacement of posses. So it was a little bit of a clear answer when posses were a thing because they were like, if you want to see Japos, like you bring dreads. That was just the obvious answer. It would require too many subcaps to do it. So Exploring this kind of thing again, like how do we add meanings for each different capital? What are their interactions and what are their their dimensions of gameplay? So uh, particularly when let's let me give like a, a strange example. So instead of instead of every capital ship being just a kind of a single target, maybe maybe we do something strange where there are different like parts of a capital ship that you can target so you can shoot the engines in order to like take them take their jump drives offline so they can't flee or you can shoot their shield emitters or or something you know like there's there's an extra layer of this and i particularly like the idea of making sure that subcaps have a role in this as well because right now when caps at the field sometimes it's like if you're not a dictator go home because it's the only subcap role in terms of like the capital ecosystem gameplay. And so like maybe there would be weak points that subcapitals would be able to exploit in order to help their capital allies in a in a large battle. And all of a sudden, like all the things that you have to worry about in a fight go up a large amount. And hopefully large fights would be a lot more dynamic. But I, I like that idea. It reminds me very much of shooting the old outpost services which I spent a lot of hours repairing them bad boys, too. It, at the moment, this is just an idea. I can't tell you exactly what form this sort of stuff is making. I'm just kind of giving you an idea of where my head's at in terms of, like, when people ask about, like, can we get T2 capitals? I'm like, we need a T2, we need a capital ecosystem. Well, um, you know what? I'm sorry. What, what's comforting about that, and I realize, you know, you're not laying out what's going to be happening, but the fact that you and other folks at CCP are at least having the discussions makes the rest of us feel a hell of a lot better. Hopefully, like, hopefully we can find a point where, you know, owning a capital is kind of a fun, achievable goal. And it's, and it, they have a thing to do. So right now, like, I wouldn't bother buying a carrier myself as a player because what the heck are we going to do with it? Besides, like, cheesing someone on a gate from, from like, a nearby citadel, they don't have much to do. Yeah, mine are all sitting in low-sec NPC stations, and screw it, till later. Yeah. yeah so right. hopefully we can, we can kind of add things to that. I have a, a big flowchart I've been kind of working on where I'm kind of just brainstorming, like, all right, so what exactly would make a fun and interesting capital ecosystem? So. Oh, that's good. That's really, that's really insightful. I know there are some questions, so kind of related to capitals and art. They're asking if there are plans to update the models of the old dreads now that the Navy fleet look amazing. So some people have correctly spotted that the Phoenix has gotten a makeover already. So on Tuesday, you'll see, I think it's coming out on Tuesday. On Tuesday, you'll see an updated model for the Phoenix, which is looking quite a bit better. It was definitely the, the worst of the others. In general, I think, yes, art definitely wants to kind of go back over some of those and, and give them a little bit of love now that the, the new ones look better. Some of them might not need it so much, like the Naglfar looks pretty solid already. And what they basically did was like added armor plates to it. Plus some, like they, they went and stuck some new pieces to it. So we'll see, at least for some of them, at least for one of them, I can guarantee it. <laughs> nice, okay, no, that's good. I have not, not noticed anything about the Phoenix. There are also around questions, so to indie or mining ships, because I know we've had Indian mining updates, but not so much with the ships. And then also questions around the tactical capsulary cloner system, which I think is the super carrier thing where you can take a drug and then teleport to your super and yep. board a ship. 
So the, the tactical capsular recloner, this one did come up a little bit. We were, I, I kind of pitched like a random idea. I was like, what if, what if regular carriers could use this in order to, to kind of give carriers more of a role? I don't really know if that's the way to make car- carriers particularly interesting, but I think it would, you know, maybe be a, a satisfying way to actually see that feature get some more use than it does currently. Because the amount of times that people actually bring a super carrier to a to a fight is like twice a year, maybe. Like it's just not a thing that happens very frequently. And probably a little bit more than that, but you get the gist. It's not something that people see very often, just because of the investment value. Like if you're if you're bashing a Fortisar or whatever, you don't you don't need to put that on field. So I kind of like the idea of just spreading that module out. Even as a short term, like here, hopefully this makes your carriers more interesting for random like bash fleets and lets you kind of siege out of the carriers unless they assault your carriers. Something like that might be really satisfying. Yeah, nice. And then what about, do you have any thoughts on India mining ships? I guess from like a balance perspective too. I always know people ask about the Rourke and how to make the Rourke good but not completely broken. I, I'm pretty happy with the Rourke at the moment. I still am really sad for the loss of the mid-slot on the Procure, but I don't think I'm going to be able to override that one. The battle proc will be missed, however. I don't have any specific things on that. We did, kind of in a similar vein, one of the changes that you saw was we've stopped NPC miners from mining ore in, like, well, high sec, low sec, and all sec. So NPC miners in general are not sucking the belts dry anymore. So hopefully, particularly for those players in the US time zone who are like, we can't find any ore, it'll be a little bit easier to find the belts that still have it because the NPCs aren't, aren't emptying them out. Oh, that's good. I, I like that. I remember that was a struggle when I was a new player. I was like, no, well, not a new player, but when I would like make alts, it's like, oh, go mine trit. And I was like, there are no belts. What do I do? Help. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's players with like a fleet of orcas or whatever sucking it all up, but a lot of the times it was just like the NPCs. And so there was still ore out there. It was just like a little bit harder to find. So, general quality of life change for anyone who's hunting ore, particularly in high sec or low sec. I got a DM message just came in to me. It's actually kind of interesting. And that's has there been any balanced thought on? in the different empire regions of having, you know, or anomalies again with just, you know, minor, but a little bit better by region. Adding some additional or two places, areas of space is something that's on our mind. This is a thing that I can't get into too specifically because you have to keep economic changes kind of close to the chest. But yes, I can say that like we're not done. Like the the ecosystem isn't in a final state, particularly when it comes to things like ore distribution, and so you'll see changes to that kind of over time. Still being watched and still being worked on. That's kind of what I took away from that. Yeah, absolutely. Fair. Okay, so the thing about this sort of economic maintenance is that it's really just sort of a perpetually ongoing job. So ideally, we could make a system that sort of automatically balances things over time. But even a system like that, a dynamic distribution system, still requires someone watching exactly what such a complicated dynamic system is doing and then making tweaks over time to make sure that it's operating within satisfying parameters. So like the tweaks to the the economy of something like Eve just are an ongoing thing that never stops. Kind of as it should be, right? We love iteration. It, it, I'll tell you what, it keeps it fresh. I mean, every few years, I completely change how I play. And I, that's one of the things that keeps people sticking around here. And that, I, I mean, keeping things fresh was definitely my goal with, with some of the balance changes. I haven't been quite as heavily involved on some of the economic stuff, but I'm at least slightly more involved these days with some, of, with some aspects of that. It does, it does keep it fresh. And ideally... Like it keeps things moving. Like this isn't this isn't exactly the end goal, but it's really nice to have economies that are not entirely predictable and stagnant. So 
when it when an economy is too too stagnant, then like there's no interesting opportunities to be had. Like the traders get bored and all of that sort of thing. So yeah, having things kind of in an interesting flux is is definitely the goal. No, that's that's good to hear. I'm really excited about the new ships. Normally, I don't get excited because I'm always like, oh, I don't want to fly that. But I love Thrashers and the Navy Thrasher just speaks to my soul. That one looks like a lot of fun. I think that one's definitely like a, a small gang ship in particular when, when I was working on it. Nice. OK, that is good to know because that's how I intend to fly it. It's quite a bit faster than the base Thrasher, too. So the base Thrasher really suffers on speed. This one got a really nice bump. So it's, it's kitey. It's got the MWD bonus, so it's really harder to hit. It should hopefully be pretty satisfying. Right, awesome. That's so good to hear. We do have a nice comment in chat if you would like to hear it. It just says, this discussion is making me feel a lot better about the future of the game. That's super nice. That is good. That is good to hear. I mean, obviously, this is not just because my job depends on it. Like, I really love EVE Online as well. So I, I, want, I want everyone to feel that way, ideally, so that we have a a sweet game and I can be back in the show 10 years from now. Still talking about balance or economy, perhaps. Yeah, that's awesome. And then, yeah, now we're just getting lots of questions. Someone wants a Navy Rogue, which would actually be amazing. But yeah. A lot of requests for a Rogue balance. And you know what? I kind of want to give it to people. It's not coming on Tuesday, but yeah, I've got my eye on the Rogue just because people really love the Rogue. And we're, we're in the situation of trying to get battleships into more use and just kind of feeling that out. So I would be down to buff the rook. I'll, I'll be quiet about my wish list. <laughs> <laughs> is your wish list ships, Nick, or is it more indie related? Because I know you do indie now. I want a pirate Demos so bad, preferably Angel. Because I'll be chilling on gates smoking dudes. <laughs> so not the symbol then? Nah, screw that. I'm Galente all the way. And I know, I, by the rolling of the eyes, I got the old CP still hates my Galente ships. No, 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 no. I, I don't. Like, I'm, I buffed the Ishgar in particular. So, I think uh, she was thinking was... where you said, it has to be Angel, but you're Galente all the way. Yeah, you, you, that was the part where I was like... That mixture would be crazy. That would be a very interesting mixture, yes. I didn't say I was sane. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. I So, Aurora, unless you have anything else you want to discuss, or unless Nick has any questions, I am actually out of questions. I'm so excited for this patch. I didn't think I could become more excited, but I am somehow more excited. I'm glad. That's good. Good to hear. I'm excited, too. I'm mostly excited to, like, have the stress of pushing for this over for a bit so that I can actually, like, get back and play as a player because I've lost a lot of my personal time trying to, to get everything in a, in a ready state. So. Hopefully the time is well spent and you guys enjoy it. Yeah, awesome. Thank I mean, so realistically, this is going to drag me into faction warfare. And and I've been watching it for years, and I'm like now going, this is looking pretty good. I think they're faction warfare corps that would be very happy to take you on if you were so interested. And if I get to shoot militia, They are a small but very passionate group. So if, if you are Galenti all the way, then I do recommend giving them a shout. All right. I'm, I'm good, Miss Rain. All right, I'm going to recap something. So Bluetooth asking about the faction dreads available with not faction warfare LP, but also regular factional Navy LP stores. I believe the intent was to keep them in faction warfare because then it's stuck in low sec because you cannot have dreads in high sec. So selling them in anywhere that they would be available in high sec would be bad. Oh, hilarious, but very bad. So I think that was the intent to just keep them in the stores that were exclusively in low sec, which I believe is only the faction warfare ones. I could be wrong there, though. And that, that was part of the reasoning. Also, it was just kind of with this, with this particular change, we really wanted to add like, something that would remain the unique special value to the militia LP stores, because things like that will help to keep people motivated at least for intrinsic motivational reasons extrinsic motivational reasons and we want we want people to stay like in faction warfare doing stuff and if there's almost like a constant demand for lp in order to restock dreads for for nullsec 
that's a really great way to achieve it. So we, we want to leave the dreads at the very least in, as a, this is a special thing for faction warfare, just to make sure that the militias retain some really strong value from that particular change. Alrighty, awesome. So with that, I'm, uh, I'm going to close the show. Thank you so much, CCP Aurora. I really appreciate your time and insights. Thank you for fielding all the questions. I think there was maybe only one or two where you had to say no comment on. So that was good success on our end for asking good questions. Yeah, that was good. But um, I can't be as open as I can. So. Yeah, no, thank you for all of your insight and even even all of your answers, even when you wouldn't, like even when they didn't partake to your, your particular team and whatnot. We appreciate it. Thank you, Nick, for engineering. We're going to close it out. Thank you, chat, for being so well behaved and asking such insightful questions. We appreciate it. We'll see you all next week.